This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Erin McGowan, certified personal trainer and riding solo today here on The Dumbbells, a comedy fitness podcast committed to bringing you information, inspiration, and maybe a little bit of motivation. Those are in the wrong order, but I don't care. I'm the captain now. Hey, dumbbells, let's get dumb. What's up, you guys? It's Aaron. I'm riding solo. I have an incredible guest today. There's a little bit of learning that I do in this episode, and that's hard for me to say because I like to pretend like I have it all together. Welcome to the weight room. We have Dan Prevett. Hello. Hello. That's me. That is you. Hello. Well, welcome. I wanted to remix your last name and I chickened out. So I just did the at the end. But I love air horns. The, be- the, the best I've heard, I think, is uh I got welcome to the stage one time for a little bit of preventative medicine. And I was like, that's very good. Wow, that yeah. is good. That's very good. I'd like to start over. <laughs> man, <laughs> that, man, that one sucks. From it the sucks. top. No, this is great. Ugh. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for welcoming me into the weight room. It's such a nice setup that you have here with pull-up bars. and. Thank you. You got all the stuff. You got a ski erg. Yeah, I've got a, a weight rack. Um, what else do they say? All the... Um, I got <laughs> I got soft floors. I am actually in my gym. It you looks, see this? It looks great. It's really impressive what you've what you've built with nothing but your... What I've accumulated yeah, uh, since the, played against sports went out of business, I think is what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. They were like going out of business and I was like, here's my number. Call me that, if anything drops. That's savvy. You know, you know, I try... Um, Dan, oh God, I mean, how far do we go back? It's been a minute. We've, we've known each other since, I think we were legally babies, 20, like early or mid twenties. <laughs> yes. Um, legally. And when you're in Los Angeles, California, you are legally a baby. Until yeah. Like we were just sort of like, 40, Hey, is I this, think. is this where you come to, to make a, to make a future for yourself? Where do they give you a star? Um, <laughs> So, and boy, were we in for a, an awful answer on that situation. We, we had some maturing to do. I think, I feel like yeah. I met, well, I met you and Melissa, I believe, is a comedy duo. Um, yeah, makes sense. And I'm, I want to say both of us had just moved to L.A. around the same time, which was I moved here in 2011. Um, so it's probably 2012-ish. <laughs> Yeah, I think for some reason my brain did not register any dates between yeah. like tw- 2008 and to 2017. So like it was somewhere around 2012. Yes. Yeah. That we I, moved here. I mean, I don't I I can't remember. You know how when you meet somebody, they just sort of stay roughly that age in your brain forever. So yeah. you're, you are give or take, you're about 31 in my mind, just sort of in, <laughs> in permanence. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's nice to hear because I mean, <laughs> I'm not 31 at all, but it is the other day I realized, um, that Melissa and I, one of our hit songs, almost 30. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I remember that. Yes. We were, and we wrote that song when we lived in Los Angeles and we actually did share a studio apartment 
and I slept on a love seat and Melissa slept on a tiny bed from Ikea. It was like a um, twin size mattress, but it was made for like, it was like a toddler bed. <laughs> and I slept on, when I, did I say I slept on a sofa? Cause it was technically a love seat. So I was like, we were in a real interesting. You state. were, you were dressing it up for the song. You were making it, you thought you were making it sound more luxurious by couch. calling it a sofa. I sleep on a couch. Yeah. Oh, I do admit though in the song that I, it's a love seat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dark song. But fun. Um, But I was like, I realized that I'm like trying, I'm starting to think about what I'm going to do for my 40th birthday. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, that song is, is already 10 years old. Cause we had written it before I turned 30 and I am now about to turn 40 and thank God I have a house. You know, at least I have a couple (laughs) of the things I got it right in under the wire. I'm going to have this baby right before I turn 40. I'm like, we're doing it. We're knocking off some of the big items, you know, right at the end. I mean, I gotta, I gotta say for, I mean, for Los Angeles, you're absolutely killing it. I mean, you're married, you got a house, you got a baby before 40. It's crazy. I will say though, we did, you know, we got, we got handed a shit deal in some things. And then on other things, we got a little bit faster. So I'm like, it it does, it does, uh, you know, there is a little bit of leeway there, but you are not wrong on paper. I did seem to catch up with the, with a lot of people real quick. <laughs> you, you, I will, I will give uh, both you and your husband a tremendous amount of credit for really making a pretty good-looking garden out of a big old bag yeah. of shit. I mean, <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. Very impressive landscaping work <laughs> that you both did in your lives. Oh my god! Uh, it's it's really it's pretty incredible. Yeah. It's pretty unreal. Hey, you know, God help us. God help us. Um, well, Dan, <laughs> Jesus, Lord help us, because normally Stanger would be like. Aaron, stop talking about bullshit and, and at least tell the people what they're here to listen to. And I'm like, no, let's talk about Los Angeles. I forgot. Aaron, I forgot the people were even here. The like, people I'm just, are I'm just always, so stoked to be catching up with you. Here. They're always here. They're always here. Okay, so we're going to get into Dan's life in health fitness you're you listen to the dumbbells so you're here we're gonna learn all about dan's muscles what he's doing where he started (laughs) where he's going and everything in between does that sound that sounds right yeah yeah i mean that immediate let's start from right here so immediately (laughs) like as you set that up Uh i I just felt a cold shot of anxiety just like drill through my body. I love at it. At the notion of like, talk about like my health and my muscles. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, there's been a there's been a clerical error. <laughs> the fact that like this there's been a horrible mistake. So I like even the mindset of like because I've listened to this podcast. I've known you for a long time. I've tuned in. I've heard the rapport. I've, I like, and you're like a professional athlete of sorts. Oh, so yeah. I'm like, how, how did I wind up here? Must, must be a pretty dry month. <laughs> but like, I. 
No, but no. I am. No, you know what? We ran into each other at Jason's show last month, and I was like, wait. Fan- so good, by the way. So good. Oh, thank you. I'll pass on the word. He does listen to about the first yeah. 20 minutes of this podcast every week, so he might he might hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear him listening to it, and I'm like, turn that off. Oh. And um, I assume he does. So, uh, so I say, well, the juicy gossip for the end, um, for the real fans. Um, nice, nice. No, but I saw you, and I was like, oh my gosh, Dan and I used to work out together. I gotta catch up. See what? Oh, yeah. See, see what the story is now. You know. So. Hell yeah, we did used to work out together. We shared a gym for a bit. And I will say, working out with you at that time, I don't, I mean, now, uh, I don't know what your workout situation is now. Currently, you're, you're, Hauling around a little bit more than you might have, you know, like creating a human. Um, For some reason in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, has she told the audience that she's pregnant? I did. Am am I I just airing things out? (laughs) Okay, cool. Oh, my God. Dan, (laughs) shut up. Holy shit, dude. Oh, we're we're so late in the game. (laughs) Oh, no. No, they know. You're due due in minutes and you just kept it close to the chest. (laughs) Oh, my God. I do love the idea of trying to keep it like keep it under wraps this long into it um because there is a point that you can and then there's a point that you can't so well i will i'll say you look fantastic you look you look beautiful you look very strong and fit and athletic and when i saw you at um jason's show i was like She's more pregnant than maybe anybody I've ever seen. <laughs> it's the overalls. Um, I swear to God, <laughs> overalls make you look so insanely pregnant. They were like, what's the outfit you look the most pregnant in? And I was like, oh, my overalls. And they were like, wear that. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. I I think I saw it was That was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And when I saw you, I, I was like, I think she was due three months ago. <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> I, right now, I'm like, I'm only saying this because I feel comfortable with you because I know you're a funny person, but I know there are people listening right now who are like, this fucker <laughs> is the worst man no, it's okay. who has ever lived. <laughs> it's okay, because I wore those overalls because of, I was like, because honestly, if I'm wearing black and I'm just like on a walk straight ahead... You don't notice till I turn to the side. And I, you know, other sure. than a little weight gain, but you know, people aren't going to say that to you on the street. Sure. And so, so I was like, you have to have something that when you walk straight ahead that you can tell you're pregnant and those overalls right. do it. They hit right under I the belly like this- and then they just go, the bib just goes over the belly and it's just like. <laughs> the, the bib goes to the yeah. neck. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hilarious. Anyway, so I'm glad I'm glad it it read. No, but you you look you look fantastic. But when we were training at the same gym, mm-hmm. you were an absolute animal. Like on my best day, I could not have touched <laughs> you with a forty foot pole. Like you so were nice. one of the Feels fittest like human beings. Such a I had long ever seen. time ago now. <laughs> <laughs> just really does. I'm like, oh man, it's sad when you miss burpees. I will say it like I'm like I miss 
throwing my body on the ground and me like, Rah! like I do miss. I do. I miss it. But, you know, in due time. I get it. I, yes. Yeah, so we used to work out at this gym together and that, you know, prior to that, I started going, I started going to that gym in my, um, I was about 27. Well, um, <laughs> now I'm an older age than that. Dan, we got to start um, back. I mean, we're going back, back. Let's start. Okay. We'll start in the way back. We gotta we'll start, start in the way with, back. Cause okay. Okay. So you had a crazy childhood, which you talk about yes. in your one man show missionary positions. Yes. Um, great yeah. title, by the way. So fun. Um, Thank you. Do you. So talk about like, was fitness a part of your life growing up? Was your family okay. into fitness? Like, f- what was that world like? It, as, I know it's wild, but in terms of like exercise, was it a, woven in there at all? Totally. Yeah. So this goes back to when you bring up, like, talk about your health and your muscles and I feel sheer terror. Mm -hmm. This is all like, this goes back to childhood stuff. And I think you and I have some of these, we have some common roots in this area. So the weirdness that you're referring to just for the sake of, um, uh, Jason and any listeners who still might be on, um, Jason and any (laughs) others, uh, but uh, yeah, so I was raised uh, an evangelical missionary kid in uh, my early childhood was Thailand and Cambodia. I lived in Southeast Asia from like baby baby until I was nine. Um, and then I lived in America for a little bit uh, from nine to 13. And then in high school, eighth grade through high school, I lived in Eastern Europe in Bucharest, Romania. So kind of a kind of a weird upbringing uh, right away. Yeah. Um, on top of that, I don't know if I don't know if your audience can hear this in my voice, but I am a very big man. <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it comes across know, in audience, my timber. Um, what you think? Does he sound like a very big yeah. man? This dude's baritone sounds thick. <laughs> um, I. <laughs> Um, so now as a full grown guy, I'm six foot seven, but I have always been big. I've always been this much bigger than my peers my whole life. Mm -hmm. So like, even as a little, I, when I was born, I was 10 and a half pounds and I just stayed at that rate. I'm going to say, damn Um, you. What? That's how tall were you? Do you remember how tall you were when you were born? I think I was mostly just like stocky. I was maybe as wide as I was tall. Damn, that's uh, I was like, dude, I was thick. <laughs> my my mom is a champion, but I I was a C section, and the doctors were like, we're not going to ask any anybody to do this, let alone a woman in the late eighties. <laughs> this is a cr- this is a crime. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, my brother was ten pounds, and they they cut him out too. They said, no, no, no. When when I was born, according to my dad, because my mom was uh, not with us at the time. Um, my, uh, my dad says the doctor like held me and his first words upon my arrival into the world were, oh my God, this kid is a moose. <laughs> so like that's, so that's what I'm hearing in the, your voice was, when I'm talking about your health and fitness and muscles. Okay. Yes. That's how I am like greeted into the world. Okay. And then, so through my childhood, I am well aware of the fact that I am a big kid, let alone the fact that I'm a big kid in Southeast Asia. So I feel even bigger. Oh, I didn't Um, even think about that element. Yeah. And on top of on top of being a tall kid, I was never tall and lanky. Like I was tall and well fed. Like I was (laughs) tall and nourished. Built for tough. That's what Um, we say in our family. 
I was, I was built for the fields. Um, yeah, I was just always like, I was a, I was a chubber dude. I was a chubkins. And, Were you snacking? Um, Were you eating a lot? Were, like, do you remember like the food element or were you just like, kind of like came by it honestly? I think it's a combination of both. One, I'm an only child. After my mom had me, she was like, that'll do. I'm like, good. don't need yeah. to do any of that again. <laughs> um, and I, I, but I always like gravit loved food, never a picky eater. Yeah. Like not one of those kids who could only eat chicken nuggets. I mean, which I think my parents were very grateful for when I was young. Cause it's pretty tough being like raised in a, in a country that has like, you know, to what, to a young kid, a lot of Southeast Asian food might be a little bizarre, but I was just like, no problem at all. <laughs> I will house this business. Um, wow. To, to this day, like Thai food, still comfort food, still mm. like what I want. If I just want some some easygoing comfort food, I go Thai food. But anyway, I but I think I, on top of that, mom's really tall. Um, dad's a big guy, like six, I think in his prime, he's old and rusty now, but like in his prime, he was probably six, four. And he was he did train. Okay. He was a football player when he was young. He practiced judo when he was young. He was a big athletic guy. And then all through his 20s, um, he was like a ski bum and a mountaineer. So like really loved being an athletic outdoorsman. Um, he became an evangelical Christian when he was uh, like in his early 30s Everything and he left changed. that world of, <laughs> he left all that behind. Right. <laughs> You know, and he, uh, wait, there is something to be he, said, he, he, though, about like, you know, I'm, I can't generalize across everyone, but you and I both grew up in that world and your body was so like unimportant, like you were supposed to like, like your body wasn't in, like, yeah, your body wasn't important. You needed to worry about your, right. your spirit, your mind. Um, and so it was like it was vain to think about your body too much. So it was like, yeah, you would, it was yes. easier to just turn it off and like, like let your body just like turn to mush essentially. <laughs> and because there was well, more important things to think about. Yes, that's very true. I think by nature, um, my mom's personality, when she was young, to her credit, she was like a working cowgirl. Like she did barrel racing oh, and wow, stuff and rodeos. Cool. And, and she, but she never was like the skier and the mountaineer that my dad was. And I think her personality is a little bit more laid back and relaxed. Mm -hmm. I inherited a little bit more of that from her. I'm pretty, I'm pretty laid back, like by nature. Yeah. My dad is a very aggressive, hard-charging dude. Age has forced him to slow down, but <laughs> when I was a kid, he was still hitting the weights pretty hard. But definitely, it was more for, like, the discipline of the mind than the perfection of the yes. body. Because he was, he was definitely... Um, he, he was not about uh, anything aesthetic. Yeah. Like that, you're absolutely right that that would have been seen as like prideful and vain and yeah. you're just glorifying the body. Um, but he's also got terrible cholesterol. So I think doctors were like, mm. if you don't step on a treadmill, <laughs> you're going to die at 45. Oh, crap. <laughs> 45, dude, get on there. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he always, I grew up with a dad who worked out a lot, okay. but I think 
this gets into the psychology of fitness a little bit. I was highly intimidated by my dad and very, very frightened of my dad. My dad was like a big domineering personality and I was a very soft, sensitive little boy. Mm -hmm. Um, So there, I I did not get the gene of like, I want to go work out with my dad. Like my dad terrified me. (laughs) So I kind of went, (laughs) I kind of went in the other direction of like, I was a big kid who just kind of got bigger as time went on. (laughs) Yeah. And on top of being a little overweight, and then, uh, so on top of being a little overweight, I'm tall, so everybody is talking to me about my size my entire life. Like, everybody I meet from, from the time I'm, like, from as early as I can remember is like, wow, what a big boy. You're such a big boy. You're just a big boy. You're, they're doing voices. They're like, you're a big oh boy. God. Who's a big boy? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my God. like, this is scarring me. I'm certain of it. <laughs> I mean, like your eyes kind of rolled back in your head as you're doing it. You're like remembering. It's like, it's right there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. People God, were like, that'll do it. You know, feeding me table table scraps and stuff, you know, just to see my tail <laughs> wag and, like, you know. Um, oh, my gosh. And then, so, when we moved to America, <laughs> Aaron, if you are a chubby kid, the worst thing you can do is move to America. <laughs> because it's like, it's suddenly, it's just like, holy God, all of, it's just a bounty of sugar and cereal and salt. I got, it really, I look at photos of myself when I was young and I'm like, that's a big kid. Once I get to middle school, I'm like, that kid's chunky. (laughs) Like that kid, (laughs) that kid is pretty thick. (laughs) Okay, what were your what were your first like what are the snacks that got you right away? So it's not even it's not like snacks, that's child's okay. play. Like we're we're <laughs> we're too lightweight <laughs> if we're talking snacks. When I was a kid, every time we used to come to um, Los Angeles to visit my mom's brother, my uncle, and every time we would come to LA Living in Thailand, there's not a lot of American food, and especially Cambodia. Like, there was, there was almost nothing. We would come to America. As soon as we would touch down, the first thing my mom would want to do is stop at Taco Bell. Oh, my God. Like, Taco <laughs> Bell was, like, the, the apex oh, hell yeah. of American culinary <laughs> tradition. And, like, so my mom taught me, like, when you come to America, Taco Bell and Dr. Pepper, that's God's will for your life. <laughs> like, that is, <laughs> I, to this day, have an emotional connection to Taco oh Bell God. and Dr. Pepper. <laughs> so, yeah, coming to America was just this, like, this free-for-all of, like, eat your heart out. Because when you go back to Southeast Asia, whatever you can fit in your bag that's what you have yeah. until you can come back to America. It, it was like the scene in uh, in um, uh, Heavyweights where, like, they arrive at camp and they empty their bag and they've got, like, Slim Jims and chocolate bars and stuff. Like, 
God, that's such a perfect. Like that's what it was yes. like. <laughs> oh my God. So, so yeah, when we moved here and I, there was no, there was no leaving. It was like, we're going to America and now we just live here now. I just got fat for four years straight. Oh, just straight up. <laughs> just keep on pushing. <laughs> God. Just in case we ever have to leave yeah. again, I want to be prepared. <laughs> oh my God. I like that scarcity mentality we talk about a lot. Like it is like such a um it's like why kind of people go crazy on like a cheap meal or crazy on a holiday or something, you know. It's like, oh I never get to have this, so I, I only get this one day. But that was your life. Yes. And then you just got to, like, live in Thanksgiving. You just lived in a, a holiday for four years, and you said, let's yeah. level up. So I'm, get, so I'm getting us stuck a little bit, and we're getting stuck in molasses swamp here a little bit. <laughs> so I'm going to, like, <laughs> jump ahead slightly. Oh, my God. So okay, okay. Talk about Dr. Pepper. Okay, got us through. Eventually, eventually we moved. Uh, yeah, when, when I was in high school, that's all in Romania. And it's kind of the same thing, like, I don't have the access to, like, American food, but Eastern European food, it's kind of built for, like, winter survival. Like, uh -huh. that's sort of the nature of the cuisine in Eastern Europe. Um, but while I was in high school, I played basketball and stuff. I did all of the things I was supposed to do as a tall kid. I was going to um, ask if you played but I was never, basketball, um, but I didn't want to be yes. the four millionth person <laughs> to, to ask. You. It's totally, it's totally fine. I knew, I knew that it would come up. I did play <laughs> basketball. It was the only sport that my school had. Like oh, I went to nice. a little tiny. I went to a little tiny evangelical Christian school throughout high school. So the only sport we had that, uh, that was available to us was basketball. It's a relatively cheap sport. You can do it famously. You can do it with like a couple of baskets yep. and a ball. <laughs> like that's kind of the nature of that's, the game. That's the part. That's the bit. And the basketball court, my school was so small there those k through 12 was about 95 students i think the biggest the school wow. ever was k through 12 was about 150 okay wow that's all 12 um, okay that's crazy i i was in a i was in my 12th grade class had eight kids which is not enough for a full basketball team <laughs> um oh how did you play basketball like yeah so our there were enough kids that we could put together a team um we put together about a bench and a half. Um, we practiced in the gymnasium of an old shoe factory that was no longer in use. We just used to rent. It used to be the gymnastics floor that they would use to, like, do calisthenics for the oh. factory workers, like, when they first showed up in the morning. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Somebody had just drilled basketball hoops to the walls it was not regulation size it was not the right it was not the right <laughs> length or width oh that's amazing um and there were dead spots in the floor where the wood was like rotted underneath <gasps> so you would be dribbling up the court and the ball would just not come up to your hands oh my god <laughs> just oh my like god. hit the wood and die oh wow <laughs> okay so on to, so I never developed into a particularly good basketball player. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, the odds were against you, let's say. So the, um, the only reason I'm getting into all of this is because I'm a big kid who has grown up very aware of his size. I'm overweight. Now I am forced to play a game for tall people. I am tall. 
people expect me to be great, and I am pure trash. I'm absolute garbage. And every game of basketball I play, I lose by 30-plus points. Wait, but, okay, but let's be real. You're taller than everyone. Unless you were in the NBA, okay? People are taller than you in the NBA, but... I was not in the NBA. I just want to go on the record as saying that. You're 6'7". So how, like, so can you just, you can just set the ball in. You you would think that, but, like, you you play basketball, yeah. right? You've still got to be able to move and shoot and dribble. You've still got to be able to play. And there's plenty of kids <laughs> who are actually pretty good at sports. <laughs> and they might not be as tall as me. But they're fast and they're agile and they've got, like, good hand-eye coordination and they're not afraid of their fathers. <laughs> and, like, there's a lot of there's, – there's a lot of variables oh, that man. go into somebody being, like, a competent athlete. God, that's so funny. And I was just not one yeah. of those kids. I, I was kind of a nerdy, doughy, very uh, <laughs> emotional boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, though, but the five – Minutes before the other team realizes that you are not great at basketball, but you are. Yeah, I was mean mugging. So tall. I was. I was walking. Yeah. I was walking tall. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like. I was. I was Dwayne the Rock Johnson walking out <laughs> into the ring. <laughs> that's just. That's my favorite. And then as soon as as soon as like tip off happened and somebody who was 5'11 and had uh, 15 inches of vertical got the ball over me my day was done like like, my my job is done guys I scared him a little in the beginning Um, but I because I was the tallest person and we didn't have any other center I played pretty much every minute of every game just running up and down the court did you notice your cardio improving did you feel yourself changing Fortunately, I was still eating my feelings, which was being exacerbated by the game. So I never was getting like super trim. But when I look at photos of me when I'm like 17, 18, junior, senior year of high school, I I look at photos of me then and I'm like, okay, that's that that kid's not like horrendously overweight. (laughs) Like that kid's that kid's maybe like he's a big kid, but he's not he's not obese or anything. He's just like a little soft because what I never did was hit the weights. Mm, I okay. never like I never like worked out. Yeah. And I basically only ran at basketball practice. I really did not I did not develop a love of exercise. The one I'll I'll insert this as a caveat just because we might touch on this later. The only sport that I truly fell in love with as a kid and loved uh, still love. I haven't been able to do it in a while. And we'll get to that. But I fell in love with snowboarding really young. Ooh, is that and a sport? Mm. I kind of. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, all the snowboarding s- listeners are going to email in. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. They're going to be like, hey, bro, not chill, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, have um, a good day. <laughs> I yes, so that was like the one quote unquote athletic activity <laughs> that I like enjoyed. Piece of shit. 
No, no, no. It's I really love the way gravity was involved in that particular sport. <laughs> um, gravity really worked for you oh. in a unique way that I didn't experience in basketball. Okay. Um, I've never so, snowboarded. But I'm, I, I think I'm too old now to start. Um, that seems like a young. You man's could definitely game. start. You know. You could you could definitely start the first, like you would probably pick it up relatively fast, but learning would be frustrating for you because you are so physically competent the experience of spending a day like on your butt would be really frustrating yeah. but after a couple of days you'd probably like be pretty you'd be pretty comfortable just because you're an athletic person wow thanks uh, so, sometime let me tell you're you welcome. about my childhood <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I probably have told you anyway, about it. Anyway, I am like I'm I'm like rambling about the deep history. All of this like leads up to me getting into college when I just was like I'm never doing athletics again. Like oh, I, by the time I went no, to college, when I moved when I moved back to America, I I moved, I went to college in Central Florida and literally I was walking around campus as like the first week of my freshman year. And the basketball coach sees me and he's like, why don't you come out? We're having like open gym practice. And I was like, I'm going to do it because I'm a people pleaser. But like, (laughs) this is not, this is not going to go well. And I go out on the court. I'm literally out on the court for 10 minutes. And the coach like walks up to me and he's like, all right, man, I think you're good. Like, and he just releases me. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, no, that's fine. We both know what I already knew. Like, that's fine. Don't ever talk to yeah. me again. And <laughs> this had to be done. You had to know, and I'll I'll see you later. <laughs> this was this was me taking old Yeller out behind the house and just, just doing it quickly. Doing what had to be done. Um, yeah. God, wow, that's because so otherwise funny. you're just going to wonder forever. And now you don't have to know. No, in college I fully got into. I was like, okay, I'm an artist now. This is what I do, and I proceeded to get fatter than I had ever humanly been. <laughs> Uh, impressive. Okay, so you're college, you're an artist. You're fatter than you've ever yeah, been. Yeah, I was doing like theater and stuff. I was doing, you know, all of the college theater things. I was doing plays and making films and, um, you know, I did campus improv the way that we all did. Sure. And <laughs> I, I like really, like, I really, really fell in love with that stuff. Yeah. And, um, but I was like, I could not control my weight. Like food was, food was my favorite thing. It was also in college that I started drinking. I, I didn't discover drinking super young, but I started drinking probably when I was like maybe 19 or 20. And the combination of alcohol and food in college was just like the best drug I could have ever possibly yeah. imagined. Coupled occasionally with the fact that like I was performing and I was not to like sound shitty, but like I I was funny enough that like my personality would get me the love that like I knew my physical prowess never would. Mm. So like I was like, oh, this is great. I can be a big fat funny guy. (laughs) Like that's a that's a thing. It is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I I like. I, I really I put on a lot of weight in school every once in a while I would be like oh this is embarrassing I don't feel good I gotta lose weight and I would go to the gym for 10 days and then I would lapse back into 
not working out seriously. Like when you would go um, to the gym, let's just take you back to one of those little segments of your life. What would you do yeah. in that, like in that stint of time? I would talk to the guy at the front desk, <laughs> usually for a little while. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I would, uh, I, I would do a couple of laps, making sure that everything was just still where I remembered sure? it to be. Yep. Um, I would do a couple of curls. I would uh, bench press the bar a couple of times to warm up for sets that I would never complete. And well, the arms, okay. I might like, I might hit the elliptical a little bit because the treadmill made my knees hurt. Yeah. <laughs> God, Jason loved the elliptical you know? too, and I. It always made me laugh when I saw like young guys on the elliptical because it felt like such a young like woman's machine which is all so yes. just made up but i was like so it always makes me laugh to think about i would have like never dated jason if i saw him on a elliptical <laughs> so you know <laughs> hey to each their own ellipticals do yeah no they've got ick written all over them for sure um, listen now honestly i love it because it really is a nice way to move your body without the high impact of a treadmill. So I get it. But when I was like 25 doing my own 10 day stints, I was like, if I see a guy on elliptical, they weren't, he, they weren't asking me out, you know, but I was letting them know in my head. Yeah. That's a no. That's going to be a no. God. How yeah. times change. So I like. Yeah. I, I. Oh, I completely forgot to mention this. This Because this is all. When I was in high school, this is embarrassing. Oh yeah, please. This is, I shouldn't be sharing share, this. Share, share. When I was in please. when I was in high school, my room was technically the attic. We had like our house had like a finished attic and that's where my room was. My dad, who has always worked out just enough to like maintain his health, my dad had a full weight room set up in my room that I never used. <laughs> my dad <laughs> My dad had an elliptical. He had a bench rack up oh, there, like a Smith machine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> in your room. And in I high just school. never, it was in my wow. room, just mocking me for four years of high school. <laughs> just like, I mean, just for real. criticizing me. And again, the same thing. I would occasionally use it and then I would fall right off again because there was, I had no sense of like, how does anybody do this? What do you do? Like, what do you, I don't even understand <laughs> what I'm trying to do. Yeah. <sighs> um, and I think at some point I just figured people like Arnold Schwarzenegger are a different kind of person. And I am like the Will Ferrell kind of person. So I should just try to be that kind of person. Like, yeah, I mean, listen, if you're in the arts, you do get typecast. You do, you do kind of like want to get a, in a lane. And if you... Or, yeah, like I understand where that mindset comes in because and ju like just in case he's listening, I don't want to lump Will Ferrell into like being he's not a he's not a fat man. He's never no, been but a fat he's man. Talked but, about that. He uses his body for comedy like. Yes, he is yeah. like he is just chubby enough that when he takes his shirt off, it is comedy instead of being like a wooga like. And right. he knows it, and he runs with it. He literally, like, runs with his naked body, and then everyone laughs. He, he, he does. <laughs> he, is, he is bold, and we love to see it. Well, love to see it is not the We not love to the right see phrase, it, Dad. But. It's okay. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, so yeah, when I, when I graduated from college and became an adult, I really just kind of kept like, I kept kind of doing all the same stuff, just like not minding my eating, not really working out. There was a period probably in my mid twenties where I started trying to get serious about it. I, I had like a little bit of a, I don't know. I don't know if I want to call it a health thing, but I went to the doctor and the doctor was basically like, you're a grown up now. Like <laughs> you, you just got to like take care of yourself. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I've never really done that. I, I probably ought to learn how to do that. And I was probably 25 or so. And it, I tried, you know, I did some paleo and I started going to the gym in my apartment here in Los Angeles. And that was the first time that I I noticed I was like, oh, if I eat clean and I move my body, like I do lose weight. Mm. And I had just never seen that happen yeah. before. <laughs> and that was, I, I wasn't able to like keep it off very long. Every time I would start like dating somebody new, I would put weight on. Uh, and um, I, I, so I was just kind of in this cycle which ultimately led to me being about 27 and finding the gym where you and I worked out. And like when I started okay. there, I started there because I was like, I have never tried a community gym. I've never really had accountability. Um, I had worked out with a trainer for a little while, but I hadn't um, I hadn't been able to keep it up just like financially working one on one with a trainer yeah. was out of reach for me at that point in my life. I was working as a bartender. I was not like, you know, so my hours were fucked. My eating was atrocious. Yeah. And I was, you know, my social life revolved around bartenders and the comedy scene in Los Angeles. I was like, I think I'm <laughs> going to die if I keep doing this. Yeah, 100%. Those signals were, I mean, you know, you would have lived a little while, but maybe 45 like your dad. <laughs> yeah, that was, and he's made it way past 45. Yes. I mean, any day now for that guy, but he's, he's, uh, he made it past 45. He's done pretty That's well. Good. Okay. Yeah. So that was, that brings us, that brings us up to where I, I found this gym and I was like, I got to try something I've never tried before and I don't know how to do it. So there it was. Did the account. Okay. So the, um, per, working out with a one-on-one -on -one personal trainer, that experience for you, did that like. Did you feel like you kind of were able to do, uh, like, uh, like, what's the word? Like, kind of, like, reach new heights? How do I say that? Not so dumb. <laughs> like, did you see... Well, that's a really sizest way of expressing <laughs> it, and uh, I just want to call you on that. I knew it! I um, knew it! Super offensive. I knew it! It's on my mind! Super offensive considering the conversation. <laughs> yes. I will, I will go on the record as saying that, like, having the accountability and really... Having somebody just like plan the workout yes. and it was literally like, just show up yeah. and do this. Yeah. All of a sudden, like I wasn't having to plan my own workout. I wasn't having to like look up men's health. Like yeah. how do, how do I do these things that all I, and then coupled with having somebody really trying to work with me on my diet. Yeah, I saw huge results. Like, I, I'll, I'll always say, like, that really flipped something for me. It was very hard. Mm -hmm. I never was able to shake my mentality around, like, health and fitness, which is a conversation we can move into as well. But I, I lost a ton of weight. 
working out at that gym. I got a lot stronger. I got a lot healthier. Um, I mean, I think when I started going to that gym at my biggest six foot seven, my, the biggest I ever was, I think I was about 320 pounds. Um, when I got to that gym, um, I think I weighed in at about 305 pounds and I think I was maybe right around 30% body fat. Okay. And working out over the course of like two years at that gym, I, I lost about 70 pounds, 70, 75 pounds. I got down to about 235 and I got right around 15% body fat, which is like a healthy, a healthy person. Like, uh, I would, I'd say a a very, a a healthy guy. And, um, I am not that weight or that body fat percentage now, which is why it's kind of funny to be doing this podcast now, but the past four years have been a nightmare. So like I, yes, yes, I had, I had huge results, but the results did not fix my mentality. Hmm. Which is why I still get anxiety when you're like, talk about your health and your muscles. Well, that's one of the things I like that I always, I don't know. I, I struggle with like what, um, like what is the right thing to say to my clients, to clients who come to me looking for like an aesthetic change. Um, because I think like I, I resonate with what you're saying. And I think a lot of people do, which is like, if you don't deal with some of the underlying, like, mental, emotional state of like you and your connection to your body and like how those work, then for you to put in the like work to like see your body get to a certain size, like this, this dream weight, my goal, my blah, blah, blah. Like when you get to it, then it's just like, well, what, like I, what, what either what now I want to even get smaller or bigger muscles or smaller still like it's like the the thing that you're chasing maybe was never the size of your body maybe the thing you were chasing was something deeper which is like I'm not a I'm not a therapist but sometimes I do wish I was because I I feel like you do get to see like fit like exercise like having someone in the gym like you are being vulnerable and like it's kind of like if you allow it you can open like really like get into some deep like deep down shit in your heart mind body soul you know like and so it's like it's hard to like I always want to help people get their goals but at the same time I'm like I've been every size (laughs) I have been I've been every size but I've never been a zero I have not been a zero size but I've been every size and I thought I'd yeah. be happy when I hit a certain size and I wasn't. Yeah. And, and now, because as you said, I am pregnant. My body is changing. As you said, I'm pregnant. I, I told nobody. Um, yeah. I'm, again, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, I have to remind myself, like, like you have gone through this. You've been all the sizes. You're going to be okay. 
you can, you understand how to change your body if that's what you want to do. Like, but you are okay. Like I have to just like, and I know it all. And I still have to like talk yeah. myself like through people are just going to think you let yourself go. And you're like, okay, well people might, and they could think that. I don't think anybody's going to think that about no, you. No, no, but, you're, but you you're, know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like <laughs> yes. all of our own shit. She just let herself go. She just <laughs> went and got pregnant and completely <laughs> let herself go. No, but, but think about <laughs> the world. Think about the world we were in. Right. And like everything was yeah. so yeah. rigid. And then to feel like, oh, my, my, I have neck fat again. And you're like, oh. I can just yeah. hear what people say. She let herself go. I, you know, it's so our brains can make the story for us. Um, yes. And so I just, am, I, I think that, I just think that that is such a relatable moment for people is that like, I go, I bust my ass, I do all the things and I get to this weight and then, and then what? Well, for, I mean, in the interest of hopefully offering like something of encouragement to somebody who is on their own journey. And when you say like, I'm not totally sure what to say to my clients sometimes. I understand your feelings and I understand what you're saying, but their journey is not your responsibility. And sometimes I needed I needed to lose all that weight in order to be like, this still isn't doing it. This yeah. isn't fixing it. Yeah, so did I. I'm not, like, I, I lost all this weight, and I'm hitting these numbers. If you had told me at 305 pounds, like, will you be satisfied at 235? Yes, totally. And I wasn't. Mm. I wasn't satisfied. And um, I had a lot of really great experiences at that gym. Um but towards the end, due to nobody's fault, like I don't put this on anybody else, I was really depressed. I was leaving every gym session really depressed because I was comparing myself to other people. I was comparing my own numbers. Why aren't my numbers changing? Why can't I lose any more weight? Why aren't my muscles showing through? Like I still have fat. I would, I would say that. Like why do I still have fat? Which is bizarre. It's like you're a human being. Some of this is just there so that you don't perish. But <laughs> yes, like, honestly, <laughs> I just, I was never okay. And people outside people, I have never gotten so much encouragement and support. People like you look so great. You look so healthy. Women treated me differently. Like my whole life changed and I was not satisfied. And I had to go through that. I had, and losing weight was a part of my inner journey. Yeah. And ultimately the, the biggest reason for me ultimately parting ways was not because of some, um, like massive fallout or anything. It was, it was the, the pandemic occurred and I just ceased my membership and never went back. Yeah. I mean, just like financially, it didn't make sense. And during the pandemic, I slowly but surely, when I stopped going to that gym, I started putting on weight again. Because when the pandemic hit and I was left to my own devices, 
I turned to all of the old coping mechanisms that I had never actually dealt with. I had mm-hmm. just like forced them down into the basement. Yeah. And as soon as I was like, all right, whatever. I mean, the, the, the sugar and the fat and the Taco Bell and the Dr. Pepper and the alcohol and the ice cream, it was all back and it was better than ever. Like mm-hmm. it comforted me <laughs> in a way at like a time that I needed yeah. it. And it didn't all happen immediately, but I would say between the pandemic starting in 2020, over the next couple of years, um, God, it's funny. I'm like, I'm embarrassed to say it, but at the same time, it's okay. I love myself and I'm like still on this journey. Over the next couple of years, I put on about 40 pounds. So I'm not at the weight that I was when I started and Overall, my health and my strength is still vastly different than it was when I began. Yeah. But I'm I'm thick again. Like I look at myself and I'm like, that's a chubby guy. But all that to say, that experience of the pandemic and everything that happened to me in the pandemic, going through a really really difficult breakup. Um, I, we haven't even we haven't talked about this. You might not even know this. Do you know that I like made my knee explode in 2022? No, you know what? Why do, I do think I knew that. Something in 20 in 2022 I was uh <laughs> oh god. In 2022 I took a really really bad fall because I was drunk and I was running down the street. And I it took a really bad Why fall. Do I know this story. And I come I, uh, I've told this story live a couple of times. It's, it's, or I've told it live once and I've shared it with friends. Um, I took a really bad fall and I completely severed my patellar tendon. Oh my gosh. My, my patellar tendon ruptured like in an instant. My kneecap floated <gasps> up into my quad. Oh. And. Okay. I was lying on the street at like, it's about one in the morning. And I was like, I can't get up. I'm going to, I need, I, I called an ambulance. I spent the night in the ER and this was, I mean, this was a, in every context, a real rock bottom moment for me. Oh my gosh. And the experience of having to have knee surgery, my knee is still not normal. It's not in the same place. It looks funny. Um, but the experience of having knee surgery and then having to go through, um, PT, and having to like rebuild, I had to spend six weeks with my leg in a brace. I couldn't move my leg for six weeks. My right quad completely dissolved. Yeah. Like it just like disappeared. <sighs> and the experience of having to learn to do everything from scratch yeah. was like, it was so frustrating. But I cannot believe how much I took for granted. I can't believe, like, I look back at my body doing everything it was doing in the gym, losing weight, squatting what it was squatting, jumping the way it was jumping, running the way it was running. And I'm like, dude, you were fucking awesome. (laughs) I can't believe you did all that stuff. But, like, that's having that sense of perspective. I don't beat myself up about that. Mm. I'm grateful to myself and I'm grateful to my body. It's a little bigger than it used to be. It's also not as big as it has been, but it's gone through a lot and it's gotten me through a lot. And 
you know, fortunately we're living in like a slightly more enlightened time in regards to like bodies not having to be just so <laughs> we're, we've got a long way to yeah. go, but like, fortunately it's, it's just been like, I'm realizing now that my health journey is so much more mental and so much more kind of spiritual and like, it's emotional. Yeah. My relationship with food and my relationship with myself is so much more about taking care of that inner child, that like that little inner child who isn't fat, who isn't chubby, who honestly was fine. He was great. And he didn't know that he was fine as he was. And so my role is to like reparent that inner child and love him and encourage him. And that's like, I mean... That's what it's all about. Whether I lose weight or not, I'm going to be on that journey for the rest of my life. Yeah. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. I was going to say, really that's appreciate a great, I mean, <laughs> I love that perspective. I think I needed to hear that. I think that's, um, I remember like, just like, I remember feeling that, like my whole life. I was like, I was always chubby. And then I remember like a year ago going through like some old photos and just being like, I was a kid. Like, what was I, like, why was, like, I was like, who told me I was fat? That guy, that one guy. And then I was just like, it was my personality for the rest of my life. Like, so I think I really am glad, I'm grateful to hear you say that. Because I've often thought, like, I wish there was a way I could have, like, not gotten I don't know. Just if I wish there was another way to like get to where I am now. And I, I don't think, I mean, maybe there was another way, but also now I, I, I now I am trying to be grateful for what my body can do for me instead of beating it up at every, at every turn. And it's hard. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like in a, in a, um, like your body's amazing. You're making a human being and you're like, I've known you at different phases of your life. You have, you have been different shapes and different sizes and you have been so fit and so athletic. You've changed your body so much. And now like you're making a human. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. The stuff that you have done and for me now, every once in a while, because I still have my days where I just like I want to beat up on myself for having man boobs or whatever. But like <laughs> sometimes I'm just like, look at you jogging up the stairs, dude. A year and a half ago, you you had to take this one step at a time like a toddler, yeah. and look at you now, like taking two steps at a time like a whole ass grown up. <laughs> you fucking juggernaut. And I'm just like, yes, yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I am proud of myself for that. My, I am not as strong as I used to be. My leg cannot do what it used to do. There was a time when we were at the gym where, like, I look back at photos of me and I'm like, God, my legs are, geez, I was beautiful. <laughs> like, my legs are so, my legs are, like, so yoked. Yeah. And yeah. they're, like, it's just not now. I'm not as strong. But I'm so much more impressed with my body. My body's been through more and it's come back from worse. And, um, I would say like, just like for any of your clients, 
the physical journey is part of the spiritual journey, but the physical results won't heal any of the spiritual hurt or any of the, like the spiritual word makes people nervous. Like, sorry. Uh, yeah, it, it we won't heard you any grow up evangelical, or the, so like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it won't heal any of the, like, the emotional yeah. stuff. I mean, I, I, uh, me and my dad have a great relationship now. Like, I'm, I'm really, really grateful for the relationship that he, and I, that he and I have. But he was a really tough motherfucker when I was a kid. And I don't think there was a single meal that I ate in front of my dad where he did not comment on how much I was eating. So, of course, I become an adult and food becomes an act of freedom. Yeah. Food becomes an expression of liberation. Food is how I show myself kindness mm. and goodness because nobody can stop me. I'm an adult. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to get, I had to get to this point where I realized like, this childhood glee of eating what I want is actually doing me harm. Mm. And I want to love myself more. It's not perfect. Like I still, I relapse. I have, (laughs) I eat way too much garbage sometimes, but I notice in my body, I'm like, this feels bad. Eating, Eating a full pint of ice cream, it feels bad. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) How fast are we talking? (laughs) Like six minutes? (laughs) Oh, my God. If you're eating so fast that you're stabbing your lip with the fork, (laughs) you know, that you're in trouble. (laughs) I did time myself one time on how fast I could eat a... Uh, is a pint like the little ones, the cute little cuties? Yeah, yeah, they're, it's the it's, it's the serving size shaped <laughs> yeah, ones. One time I timed <laughs> myself on how fast I could eat one of those, and it was six minutes. And <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, how frozen was it? Did you have to wait for the sides? It was. To it was. Um, it was frozen yogurt, Ben and Jerry's half baked. Okay. So. They have big chunks in it. So I'm like, I don't know if I could eat, if it was just like straight like vanilla or something, if it was like all, I mean, I'm splitting hairs here, but I did time it and it was six minutes and I've never been prouder. (laughs) That's pretty good. Six minutes is pretty solid. There have, I mean, look, I know myself pretty well and I know my limits. I could eat a quart of ice cream. No problem. Like one of those, like, yeah, from the grocery store. I don't think I could do a gallon, but I I could do a quart without without hesitation. Yeah, I'm not. And I I bet you could. I bet that baby. I bet that baby wants you to. I mean, I'm like, this is the time. Like, no one is gonna tell me not to do it, except maybe my. Yeah, if you're gonna try it, this is this is it. So I, yeah, I don't I don't mean to like. I don't mean to like totally be on a cheesy soapbox or anything. It's just something that I've personally dealt with. And so I'm, I, I'm enthusiastic about it and passionate about it because I know, I know there's a lot of people out there who just like me are like, Oh, why don't I have any discipline? Why can't I just make myself do this? Like, I know I'm supposed to just eat less, work out more. Why can't I just do it? And the emotional the emotional soil underneath that is so much deeper than just like, just make yourself do it. (laughs) 
I mean, it's it's not it's it's not an excuse for like it's not an excuse to not do the work. It's just that sometimes you have to do the top layer to realize that there's a lot more underneath it. Sometimes you have to lose a little bit of weight to notice that losing weight's not going to fix it. I mean, beautifully said. It's a weird message for the dumbbells. <laughs> hey, we've got listeners that have been through this roller coaster, and I, I think they'll appreciate it because I think. I think a lot of people, I just, I just think it's very relatable. So thank you. Thank you for saying it in a way that is more eloquent than I or Sanger could ever say. That's, that's very sweet. That being said, if I could lose about 40 pounds, I think I'd be happy. <laughs> uh. Same. Oh, I'm pregnant. Okay. I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> Um, Dan, thank you so much for coming on and being in the weight room. Can you tell people where to find you next? If you want to plug anything, here's your yeah, chance. Yeah, the, the easiest place to find me is at Dan Prevet on uh, Instagram is the one I use most of the time. But I'm on threads. Let's let's thread. Oh God. Uh, oh <laughs> I'm God. Sorry. No, I'm, as I'm, I, I'm happy. As for I you. said it, I hated it. I forgot threads um, existed, honestly, but hey. Yeah. Yeah. At Dan Prevet's the easiest thing. I don't have anything to promote right now. I'm just glad to be here. Okay, great. I'm just I'm just stoked to have a combo with you. Are you gonna do missionary positions anymore? I probably will. I just don't have any dates. Okay. It's, I mean, I'm, I'll just put this out into the universe. It's something I would like to tape. Um, yes. I just don't have, a, I just don't have dates set for that. Okay. So. Okay. Well. And I wish, I wish you and Jason, um, who's no longer listening, who tuned out a long oh, yeah, time he's ago. he's gone for an hour um, at least. But uh, yeah, I wish you and he the best, both with parenting, but also with the real, the real baby that has been brought into the world. His wonderful, hilarious show. Yes. So I you. wish you the best with that. Thank you. He's act, he's actively trying to to figure out when when our baby will be big enough for him to do the show again. <laughs> and I'm like, hard to hard to say. We've never done this before. How also big enough is such a weird way to put it. It's such an interesting way to measure. You know, it's like when are they big enough to either stay home alone? You know, with a babysitter or just, you know, the TV on. Or come with you into the real world. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. It just sort of like be in a stroller, like yeah. in, the, in the green in the room. In the green room. And then will they cry? Like how trustworthy will this baby be? We don't know. We've never met her. I think if you just do a little whiskey on the gums, you, you, you put for them both out for of a little us. while. For both of us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh Thank you God. so much for having me. It's, it's a pleasure talking to you. Um, okay, do you want to do the sign-off with me? Oh, yeah, but you got to tell me how to do it, right? Yeah, don't worry. I'll tell you. I really love asking people that are my guests to do the sign-off with me when Ryan's gone because their face is always the same, which is what you just did, which is like, oh, I should Oh, God. Oh, and it's like, don't worry, I'll tell you. It's, but also, it's okay if you mess it up because I usually mess it up because Stanger does it normally. So you know, we're all okay. we're all in a weird, um, a weird boat. Okay, so I'm gonna say blah 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 blah, bunch of stuff, and then I'm gonna say train dirty, and you're gonna say eat clean, and then together we're gonna say live in between. Live in between. Um, 
Okay. All right. On behalf of me, Ryan Stanger, wherever you are out in the world, all our Dumbos listeners, and our guest today, Dan Prevett, we'd like to remind everybody listening out there to train dirty. Eat clean. And live in in between. (laughs) Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.